Hi, everybody. What do you say that we return to our study of what God calls the greatest thing? God calls love the greatest thing through the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians chapter 13. And the centerpiece of this chapter is a 15-item list that comprises God's definition of love. And it reads like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. What a powerful description of love, specifically because this is a description of God's love. God is love. And these words describe how God loves me so that I can overflow with his kind of love into all my relationships. Love is the greatest thing. And the second word in the way God describes it is the word kind. And so our important job today is to better understand what God means when he says love is kind. And I say it's an important job uh, because this word uh, kind is the second most important word in God's whole description of love. Uh, The twin words, patient and kind, are the two most important words in God's description of love, Uh, not just because they're first and second in order, but because of what comes after the headline, love is patient and kind. Uh, You'll notice that uh, after love is patient and love is kind, uh, Paul goes on to give us a list of eight things that love never is and never does, and then a list of five things that love always is and always does. And so these 13 items are just as much a description of God's love, but they're also an elaboration on this headline that God's love is patient and God's love is kind, which is all just to explain why it is so important that we understand what God means when he says love is kind and how uh, it is so true that uh, the word kind in 1 Corinthians 13 is not the way that we tend to use it. Uh, When we say that someone is being kind, we usually are referring to the fact that they're polite or friendly. Uh, We say that, oh, Tina is such a kind person. We uh, usually mean that uh, Tina has a friendly approach to people and she remembers people's birthdays and uh, stuff like that, which is all good. It's great to be uh, polite and friendly. But this is not God's definition of the word kind in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, The Greek word for kind in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is a form of the Greek word krestos, where the word krestos can be best understood by looking at how it's used in other places in the New Testament. So let's go to the words of Jesus as they're recorded in the Gospel of Luke, uh, where in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because God is Christos to the ungrateful and wicked. 
Be merciful then, just as your Father is merciful. So God says that uh, God is Christos. His love is kind to the ungrateful and wicked, which is a biblical shorthand for God is kind to people who don't appreciate him for who he is or give thanks for what he does. Uh, What does God do for uh, the wicked and ungrateful? God does everything good continually, every day. God gives them life and health and food and beautiful sunsets and rain. Uh, Remember that uh, Palestine is an arid agricultural society where rain is the highest blessing. And uh, these words we just read from Luke uh, are also recorded in Matthew with the additional uh, words from Jesus where he says that God's Christos for the wicked and ungrateful is seen in how he sends rain to the righteous, those who love him, and the unrighteous, those who do not honor or respect or appreciate or love him. This is Christos. This is uh, not being polite and friendly. This is pouring out blessing to people who don't appreciate me for who I am or for what I do for them. In 1 Corinthians 13, being kind means continually doing good to people who don't deserve it. Notice it's doing good. It's not just warm feelings or kind thoughts. It's meeting practical needs of people around me who don't deserve it. And that is everybody. Uh, I have a very close friend who lives in Monroe with his wife. And uh, they're empty nesters, but... They're not lonely because for years now, they've had the companionship of their little pup, Millie. And my friend was uh, at home this past week when uh, he heard in front of his house the squeal of tires. And as he rushed to the front door, he already had this sick feeling that was confirmed when he got out on his front lawn and the driver was already out of her car with her head in her hands and Millie was gone. And the grief was just crushing to my friend and his wife. And with anguish, they were weeping over this loss. And uh, in my friend's tears, he could see out of the corner of his eyes that the driver was still on his front lawn on the side of the road. And she was alone and she was shaking. She was there on the side of the road, uh, shaking with uh, regret and a sense of guilt and shame and trauma over this event. And my friend is a a big man, and I'd like to tell you what he did when he saw this woman. Uh, He marched over to her, to this woman who had brought uh, so much pain to him and his wife, even taken a very family member. He marched over to this woman standing alone on the side of the road, and he embraced her. He swallowed her up in a big embrace. And uh, he noticed that she immediately embraced him back and started saying, thank you, thank you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And uh, he noticed that she was still shaking in his arms and holding on to her. And so he decided to just start praying blessing over her in Jesus' name. He found out that her name is Julie, and he prayed, Oh God, 
give your peace to Julie now, just like you have released me from all the pain of my past through your kindness in Jesus in a relationship with you. Lord, just release Julie now from the pain of this event. And soon the shaking stopped and God's peace uh, was over Julie and it led to her next follow-up question, which was, tell me more about what you mean about a relationship with Jesus. See, what my friend did for Julie is what God means when he says that love is kind. It's doing good continually to those who don't deserve it. And that's everybody. God is kind to me when I didn't deserve it. God has been kind to my friend when he didn't deserve it. And because he's experienced the kind forgiveness through Jesus, he had a kindness that could overflow to this woman so he could embrace her on the side of the road. Which reminds me of uh, the story that Jesus told to teach us what it means to be kind, to show a love that is kind. Jesus said that there was a uh, Hebrew man who was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by thieves and left on the side of the road, broken and bleeding. And uh, two uh, Hebrew men came, one after the other, those who would claim that they would know God and love God. But when they saw the broken man on the side of the road, they quietly moved to the other side so they could pretend like they didn't see him. But the third traveler was different. The third traveler saw the wounded man and stopped and knelt down and bandaged his wounds, cared for him, carried him to medical care and paid for that care out of his own pocket. And then Jesus said, oh, and one other thing, the hero of this story who cared for the Hebrew man wounded on the side of the road, the hero was a Samaritan. And this was an important detail because Hebrews shunned Samaritans. Hebrews thought of Samaritans as inferior people and wanted nothing to do with them. And so when this Samaritan cared for the Hebrew man wounded on the side of the road. He was caring for someone who didn't deserve it, someone who would never appreciate him for who he is or thank him for what he had done. This is Christos. This is kindness. And this is what God does for me. He saved me on the side of the road when I didn't deserve it. Uh, and because God has filled me with his kindness and treated me with his kindness and the forgiveness of Jesus. Now I have the overflow of kindness to be able to share with those that I meet one by one on my side of the road. You see, uh, I can't care for every person on every road, but through the Good Samaritan, Jesus teaches me that showing kind love is about doing good to those on my side of the road. It's not warm feelings, it's not kind thoughts, but it's doing good, practical things to meet needs to those on my side of the road. Uh, it's right, you know, you can't care for every person on every road in the paths of life but you can embrace the people on your side of the road with kindness. You know, 
if you're a couple, you can share a surprise love note with your spouse who has done nothing to deserve it. Students, you can do a chore for your brother or sister out of kindness, knowing that they will never thank you for it. Parents, you can just stop all your busyness and listen to your child who you know is struggling through school. And friend, you can make arrangements for a cup of coffee with that coworker who you know is going through medical issues or a family crisis. You can do this as a follower of Jesus. You can do this because you receive the kind love of God in the forgiveness of Jesus so that you have the kindness to share with those who don't deserve it, which is everybody. We all start life like Julie on the side of the road. We start life alone and separated from God. We start shaking out of our pain and guilt. And when we didn't deserve it, Jesus spread out his arms for us upon the cross so that he could embrace us in his kindness and his forgiveness. And if you receive this embrace of Jesus through your belief in what he did on the cross for you, you can experience the greatest thing and have the greatest overflow of the greatest thing so that you can share this kindness with your relationships. I realize I'm speaking to uh, some people who have never done this before. And if you have never received the embrace of the Savior and his forgiveness through your belief in what Jesus did on the cross for you, you can do that as I close in prayer. Uh, in a moment, I'll pray, and then we'll uh, have a 90-second video, which is designed to give you time to prepare for communion, uh, to prepare the bread and cup uh, for those uh, you'll be sharing communion with. And uh, if you have young kids around you, maybe this is a time for you to get them busy doing uh, something for a few minutes. Uh, if you're sharing communion with uh, someone else, make sure that everyone has their own cup because I'm going to give you time to hold the bread uh, so that you can have a moment of reflection before we eat it together. And I'll give you the opportunity to hold the cup so we can have a moment of remembrance of Jesus before we drink together. And now, let's pray. I'd like to start this prayer by giving you, if, uh, if you're in this category where you have never um, received the embrace of the Savior, uh, through your belief in Jesus and what he did on the cross for you, to just uh, receive that forgiveness by speaking to God in prayer. Not out loud, just in the quiet of your heart. Say something like this. God, I understand that I'm alone at the side of the road, separated from you by my sin and guilt. But I don't want to be separated from you. And so right now I receive the embrace of your kindness and forgiveness through my belief in Jesus and what he did on the cross for me. And whether you've just prayed this prayer for the first time or you've been following Jesus for years, uh, join your heart with mine as I say, Jesus, thank you for this ultimate expression of what it means that love is kind.
the ultimate kindness expressed in your sacrifice for us upon the cross. Now, Jesus, fill us afresh with your spirit that we might reflect the kindness that we have received from you, that we might embrace those that we meet one by one on the paths of life, embrace them on the side of the road with the kindness that we have received from you. In your name, Jesus, amen. And if you had just prayed uh, this prayer uh, to receive a, a new relationship with Jesus, uh, would you let us know about it? Uh, you could just use this uh, faith form uh, here. Uh, that's uh, blackrock.org slash faith. And uh, let us know so that we can give you a little encouragement as you start this new relationship with Jesus. Or if you're in a backyard, you can just... Uh, Tell one of your backyard leaders about the decision that you made today so they can give you a word of encouragement before you head home. And now, let's prepare for communion. Welcome to this powerful experience of communion. Let me start with just a word about who should participate. If you have received the embrace of the Savior and are walking in a relationship with Jesus, Jesus calls you to remember him and what he did for you on the cross in the bread and cup of communion. Uh, parents should decide when their children are old enough to participate in communion, but the Black Rock elders want to caution parents against including children who are too young to really appreciate the suffering love of Jesus as represented in the bread and cup. In a moment, I'll give you the opportunity to hold the bread as we remember Jesus' body and his sacrifice for us, and then we'll take the bread together. In the same way, I'll give you the opportunity to hold the cup for a few moments of remembrance, and then we'll drink together. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after he gave thanks, he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now take the bread 
and hold it for a few moments of remembrance. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus also took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of all your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And now hold the cup for a few moments of remembrance and reflection. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And now we drink the cup. And now let's pray together. Jesus, we remember. We remember your kindness expressed to us. We remember the ultimate expression of what it means that love is kind by the way you sacrificed yourself for us when we did not deserve it. In the bread and cup, we remember that you found us on the side of the road, alone and shaking with guilt. We remember that you embraced us with your kindness when we did not deserve it. And now, Jesus, we pray that you would fill us afresh with not only a thankfulness for your kindness toward us, but also with a recommitment that you would overflow in us through your kind love to reach out to those around us. We meet on the road of life, on the side of the road. Give us that same kindness that you have showed to us. And we pray it in your name, Jesus and for your glory. Amen.
Come save a sinner's soul But my God says to the prodigal My beloved one, you're welcome to Jesus and surrender.